0: Today, we talk about the three things you need to include in your training to be more athletic, why you need to train like an athlete, and how to progress those things to know when you're ready. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Average to Athletic Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Tuttle, and I will continue to walk with you and teach you how to train like an elite athlete. At whatever level you're at. So the point of this show is to break down a lot of the fundamental processes that make someone athletic and to help you include that into what you're doing as a, whether it's eating, whether it's training, recovery, just in general, how you think about yourself. A lot of this started when I was growing up as a kid. I was not very athletic at all. I was kind of, you know, average middle of the pack and wore really big glasses, had no peripheral vision. And that was always a a sensitive spot for me. So once I got to high school and had a first friend take me in the weight room and I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. And then went through college and learned a little bit more and then started to train in different ways. I realized you can get bigger, you can get faster, you can be stronger, you can get more flexible, and you can become more athletic. And it's not necessarily something, yes, there is a genetic component, but a lot of it you can develop. So today one of the things I wanted to breakdown is how to start training like an athlete, right? And so the core movements of athleticism, there's running, jumping, sprinting, throwing, uh, any type of rotation. So you, you think about the movements of what someone does as an athlete and you can start to train for those. So today we're going to talk about the three different things to include in your training this week that you can step up that athleticism and improve your overall capability and output. So before we get to that it's important to talk about why this even matters, why it is important to train like an athlete. And so we're going to go through a few of these, but a big key that I want you to understand is as you age, it's not that the body changes tremendously. Sure, you have hormone drop-off, and you may not put as much muscle on, and you may hold on to fat a little bit easier, and you may lose a little bit of elasticity in your muscles, and you may not have the same spring in your step as you did when you were younger. But the important thing to remember is that correlated with growing older is also being an adult right and being an adult means you sit a little bit more in your your work you have a little bit less play you're not on the ground as much rolling around you may not have as much time to go play sports or to just go out in the woods and, and just climb things and do whatever you did as a kid and that's okay because that's part of life you have more responsibility but the unfortunate part is that your body takes the hit on that because the things that we do and the things that I encourage kids to do at a young age before they really get into playing sports competitively and being really focused with that are to go outside, go do gymnastics, go swim, go roll around on the ground, wrestle, go run and climb on things and throw things. Those are things, you know, any kid outside is what they did. Like I, my mom used to kick us outside and we'd go in the backyard and play pick up football or just run through the woods and do uh, sword fights with sticks, but you stop doing those things as you get older. And unfortunately, your body also stops being able to do that. And so training like an athlete is more than just the show of like, oh, I can run, I can do this stuff. It's it's keeping your body in touch with actually the way it's meant to move. So when you're doing things like throwing and sprinting and jumping or even lateral movement or rotating, you're training in multiple planes of motion, and you're hitting movements you typically wouldn't hit with traditional lifting. So if you go to a gym, it doesn't matter really where it is, and you do bench press and maybe do some squats, and maybe you're really getting after it, doing some lunges, all of that stuff is in the same plane, all right? And maybe if you're lucky, you'll do some lateral stuff like a side plank or, or hip work, and you're going to get to the front of the side, that opposite, so that 90-degree plane from the sagittal, which is that straight up and down okay, that's good. But then there's an entire 360 degree array of muscles and movements that your spine can rotate, your hips can rotate, your feet pronate, and that's part of rotation, your neck. That you're just not getting. And when you throw things or when you roll around or when you play a sport and you kick a soccer ball or you jump up to, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to say dunk because I can't really dunk well, but like try to touch the rim or whatever you're going to do, you're hitting a lot of different movements and you don't have to think about it. So getting outside of this box of I only move up and down, left and right, I sit, and the only time we rotate is to reach for the toilet paper or to get out of the car, there's a reason a lot of uh, stiff ankles, knees, hips, back, and neck pain start to happen. And as we talked a little bit on the eating last week, you want to think about the way you move in a similar way to way you eat. I'm not saying you have to get a certain amount of calories. I'm saying there's vitamins and nutrients outside of the caloric requirement for our body. And so if we're not getting enough iron or calcium, we take a supplement supplement pill for that, right? To Or we focus on including that in our diet that maybe we weren't naturally getting. And so that's where the gym is. The gym and any type of training is all fake work, right? You just go to the gym and you ran a, a mile on the treadmill, but you're still here. The treadmill didn't go anywhere. It, it's fake created work. And as silly as that may sound to all of humanity for the entire history of our existence it's what we have now and you have to think it's not just I gotta go and exercise No, I have to take a supplement pill for my body so that I'm gonna get the movements that my joints and muscles require to be healthy so training like an athlete and increasing these variety of movements is gonna help you hit that Um, next it keeps your power and your strength production applicable to your life sure it's great that you can bench press your body weight but What happens if you can't do? You you fall and you can't catch yourself because your shoulder wasn't exactly in this angle, or your hands got rotated out, or you aren't able because you're so fixed in that pronated uh, hand position and wrist position that if you rotate out, you not you don't have that strength, or you can't. There's a million different applications of this, but the point is that when you train in a way where your body is now more responsive to different angles, different planes of motion, different movements, different muscles, you are able to be more versatile, you're not like that big, what they said about if you are getting chased by a crocodile or an alligator, they can't turn very quickly, so you do it running a zigzag, I don't know if that's true or not, I don't know if I'd have the wherewithal to try it if I were getting chased by an alligator, so I'd stay out of those situations, but the point remains the same, is that you don't want to be that person that can only move okay in one direction, but they can't turn really quickly, so it allows you to be better at being a human. A third, it keeps your muscle elasticity and tensile strength. And what I mean by that is it kind of like a rubber band. When it's stretchy, it does what it's supposed to do, but a rubber band that's lost its stretchiness becomes basically pointless because it's now just, it's not, uh, it's not conforming to the shape of whatever you need to hold. And so your muscles have a, a built-in elastic, uh, elastic component that allows them to resist any type of stretch. And so when you're loading it and the tensile strength when you're loading the muscle, it allows it to resist and reproduce that force quickly. In the same way a barbell, if you've ever lifted with that, or a rubber band, if you load it, it returns to its shape quickly. And our skin has a similar way where if you're dehydrated and you pull it, if it doesn't pop back to the way it was before, you've lost some of that elasticity. And so training that keeps our muscles healthier it prevents injury from joint and muscle laxity so joints dislocations subluxations things kind of coming out or strains and so if you go to run and your quad isn't used to being able to hit the ground on a running stride and pull back up or you more likely you slip and fall and you try and catch yourself that's when you strain your muscles (laughs) is when they're not you don't have that tensity and elasticity Fourth, and this is what I tell all of the clients I work with, no matter once they hit a point where they stop focusing on the overall output, but they're like, oh, I just want to feel good and whatever. Foot speed and leg strength are the two biggest indicators of fall risk, okay? And they've done many studies on this, and it kind of makes sense is it's not the old age that gets you. It's the fall where you fracture or break a hip, which is what happened to my grandmother. She was living on her own, doing great, and then she fell and broke her hip, and that was it and no we're driving, and no we're grocery stores by yourself, you may be in a wheelchair, you you certainly lose the confidence to live on, on your own. So if we trip, let's say we're walking down a field or a path or whatever, or going upstairs, and we just don't pick our leg up high enough and we trip, what keeps you from falling? It's that foot that you can pick back up and shoot out in front of you, and then the strength to hold that. So when you stop training to be fast and you say, Oh, I just like to run or walk. It's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's fine. But when you stop training for the speed and the, the quickness of your movement, you were less likely to be able to catch yourself. And that's one thing that we don't think about until we fall. And it's like, Oh, I just couldn't catch myself. And maybe you can relate with a, a time you just weren't quick enough to react. And you kind of watched everything happen in slow motion. Don't let that happen to yourself. And so training for that keeps it and the last one if you don't use it you lose it and that's very true of strength of power of conditioning of elasticity of tensile strength of your speed your coordination your cognition your neuromuscular control all of these things are skills and you can't just hope it's there or think whatever i won't need it you have to train for it in the same way that you can't expect to go be an excellent writer if you never practice writing. You know, and the skills of math, you probably get used to having a calculator all the time. And if you forget how to do the equations in your head of addition, subtraction, you know, uh, division, multiplication, you're going to forget that. And so, in the same way, you don't do calculus anymore on a day-to-day basis. You don't know how to do it. Don't also forget how to move well. All right. So. All that being said, hopefully i've convinced you why you should start to train like an athlete let's talk about what that looks like and i'm going to give you three things that you want to include this week that can help improve this stuff and we'll talk about some considerations later for that. but for now, just listen and think about where you can in- include this stuff so the first thing you can do, which is fantastic and it's a low risk high reward is throwing stuff and you can throw dumbbells, kettlebells, that's great. You can throw footballs, lightweight stuff. You can throw medicine balls. Is gonna be the best place to start. You can do heavy. I always start with the lighter ones first though, but you can throw heavier stuff as you get better. So thinking somewhere between a six to an eight pound medicine ball, if you can find one of those, a soft one is great. They have sandbags, a million different things. Throwing things is good for multiple reasons. First, it develops what's called reflexive strength. So if I throw a medicine ball like across my body, and I push through, my shoulder and arm follows through. Therefore, all of the small muscles that control stability in my wrist, fingers, elbows, and shoulder, the rotator cuff muscle, and attached to the torso, they have to engage. And so that reflexive strength is what kicks in when all of a sudden I'm reacting to something. And so that's an excellent way as the at the end point of any type of recovery from a joint, is to work on that because your reflexive strength automatically engages those uh, small stability muscles. And so it's great to be able to have a solid range of motion for your shoulder and maybe even be strong. But if you don't get the confidence back that you could fall when you slip and you throw your hands up because you stepped on ice, your shoulder is going to be safe. That happened to me before I was really training to be stable when I was working through my shoulder dislocations. I was walking and slipped on ice and all of a sudden my arms shoot up and then my shoulder comes out. I'm like, oh my gosh, it didn't fully come out. It was a subluxation. But the point is the same of you have to train all the way around. You have to do the full measure in order to have confidence in your body. Next, you're looking at rotational power. Any type of throw is generally going generally to gonna be a rotation. So you're throwing something. And that's, again, what we're talking about, having a body that you can have multiple planes and ranges of motion. So your spine is made up of these little segments. You've got your sacrum, your lumbar, your thoracic and cervical areas. The sacrum is that little like coccyx, the fused area. That, well, technically those five portions, but the coccyx is like one bone. Then you get your sacrum, which is mostly fused. Your lumbar doesn't rotate as much, but the 10, 12 to 15 degrees total. Then your thoracic spine is at 30 to 35 degrees. And obviously your cervical spine is about 90, but you're not throwing stuff with your neck. So in general, you've got about 45 degrees of rotation that you can use. And if we don't have that, we lose it. And then all of a sudden doing things to turn gets really stiff. We can't breathe as well. And all the muscles in our thorax that breathe aren't being engaged as much. So having things that develop rotation more than just doing some Russian twist when you're sitting down, but that actually involve the breath are incredible. Next with throwing, rarely when we're exercising, do we have something to really put aggression and force into. And I, yeah you can put a lot of effort into something but everything else you have to both accelerate and decelerate so there's no true release so you can't just like be as forceful and aggressive as possible without worrying about the load on your body and so when you throw something and you can just release it all of a sudden you've got a lot less load on your body having to catch it and you can just focus on the exhale and the output of that force so find some stuff this week find hard wall and throw stuff or if you don't just go out into a field and throw, get a you know, a small weighted object like two to eight pounds and just throw it different ways. And there's I'll link to some uh to some uh exercises, some examples of this in a YouTube video I put up, but that's a best place to start. Next, the entire next category is gonna be foot speed drills. Start simply with this speed ladders, do some uh hopscotch stuff like what kids used to do on driveway where you draw little boxes hopscotch f- while going through different step patterns, like one foot in each, two feet in each, lateral shuffling, the icky shuffle, single leg hops, any any of those things. I have a 78 year old client I've worked with for years and one of the things we develop is foot speed, speed and we use the ladder because it's very low risk, he's not gonna get hurt, but it does challenge your brain, challenges his brain to focus on where am I gonna put this foot? how do I change my body and then learning different patterns. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. It just takes some time. (laughs) All right. So speed ladders, quick steps. So just even taking a a six inch step and just going up, up, down, down, doing taps on a ball, anything like that. Jump ropes work wonderfully. So you can start off and just do quick rapid pace, single legs, Um, anything like that just to continue to get some of that speed and coordination and then high knees and butt kicks obviously so the whole goal with all foot speed drills is to improve the coordination improve the control and then work to build up the speed over and over and over again until you get to a point where you can kind of challenge yourself with a little of intensity for that so first throw stuff second foot speed drills third now we're going to introduce plyometrics and when I say that you probably think oh that's box jumps or that's depth drop or any kind of aggressive thing like jumping over tall hurdles is not the case. Plyometrics I want you to step back and think about them as anything that produces a stretch shortening cycle meaning that the muscle stretch and then they reflexively shorten really quick to keep the muscle whole so it doesn't get pulled or strained um, and then improves elasticity so remember that rubber band-like response of our muscles, the health of it, and then requires a quick muscular response. So any movement that's gonna get a stretch, shortening cycle, improve your elasticity, and require a quick, engaged muscle response, that is a plyometric. So the different phases will start off, and so if you've never done them before, start off small. Skips, like you're skipping through a field of lilies, there's skips for height, for distance, there's lateral skips, there's a million different patterns. A skips, B skips, C skips, straight leg skips. You get the point. We haven't gotten the DEF skips. I don't know if those exist, but maybe I'll make them up. Um, but marching patterns, skips, rope slams, anything that requires a concerted, coordinated, controlled effort that is quick. As you start to get more comfortable with those, and by comfort I mean your confidence in your ability to do it correctly and your confidence in your joint stability and your muscles, you don't feel taxed by them. You don't feel out of breath to an extent. They should be difficult, but not to a point where you are fatiguing and losing your muscle form, and you feel confident in your ability to not get injured, then you can progress to bounding, which is exaggerated skipping. So bounding is a step into running, where you are kind of jumping from one leg to the other. Throwing things, so this is where throwing stuff will include or come into that, because it does take a certain amount of joint stability before you can just throw a ball and expect your shoulder to stay in socket or your joints to function well. Small hurdle hopping or line hopping, so that's going to be the uh, jump ropes or um, small 6-inch, 12-inch hurdles, so nothing big, but even jumping over hurdles, you jump over and you land, so there still is the force of the landing to to account for. Um, And then hill sprints and sledgehammers. So sledgehammers are easy to start. You can chop wood, you can throw things, but the force you have to produce to bring something down and to swing is an excellent so rotation and swinging is all there and then let's touch back on hill sprints hill sprints are absolutely if you are a runner and you have struggled with coordination and pattern or you have ankle or knee or hip pain start with hill sprints because you have to learn how to sprint well and run well before you can run for long periods of time and that's is a whole other topic but Starting with hill sprints is great because it forces you to pick your knees up because every step is shorter than the one before because you were stepping up. It's kind of like you don't have as much time to step through. You're stepping up to the next surface. And it, when you hit it, you have to press off and you put more power. So there's a lot more power in each step. It's a shorter step. You don't have as much uh, impact from landing because you're moving up and every step. That's why uphill is a lot less impactful than your downhill when you're running. But hill sprints encourages all those things, and it's a low risk and activity because you're not likely to get hurt because there's a lot less of an impact. Okay, So it encourages correct running form, speed, all of the plyometric stuff we're looking for, and it's less impactful on the body. So that's a win-win. So once you get those, so that's bounding, jumping, small jumping, throwing stuff, swinging things, and then hill sprints level three out of four the more advanced level stuff is going to be box jumping so that's any type of jumping up onto something and that requires a lot of speed and hip power um, unilateral hurdle jumps, so jumping one leg so that can be left right forward backwards just you're only on one leg to jump and to land um, rotational and lateral agility drills so these are going to be things that include pivoting and with that you have to land decelerate and then rotate under control which are all fantastic things when we think back about the discussion on training your body in the multiple planes of motion, but they do require stability and control because if you step and rotate, that twisting can also be passively painful and problematic on your joints if you're not strong enough in your stability and capable enough in your overall strength. So at that point, the third level is the box jumps, unilateral jumps, like uh, more intense bounding basically. And then doing a lot of lateral drills. So, any I, there's a bunch of drills you go through, but all the stuff they do for combine stuff, like the five ten five or the L drill or the arrowhead or any of the box drills and stuff like that, where you change directions under speed and load. And then last level on that number four is, if and this is completely dependent on your desire, your health, and your athletic and pain history. It's going to be full speed sprints. And so that's just like 100% effort on a track or field, a flat area. And then things like death drops where you're stepping off and completely loading. And so obviously you can see the pattern or hopefully you can see the pattern of obviously the complexity increases and the intensity increases and the skill level increases, but also the amount of load on your body. So every step you go up and I will put all of these in the show notes so that you have a, a good picture for this, but every step you go up, the And the load your body needs to be able to control and decelerate and stabilize increases as well. So all of those things progress along that pattern. Last thing I want to talk about today are the things to consider before you start this stuff. And so first thing is be honest about your starting point. If you're 25 or 30 pounds overweight or or you have a past history of injury in your knees, hips, ankles, shoulders, back, or if you have arthritis, chronic pain, and you have no arth- or athletic experience, that doesn't mean you don't start training this way. It just changes where you start. And so if you are significantly overweight, listen to the episodes in the past, the best place to start may be just walking because getting out and walking every day, even though it doesn't seem intense, is a certain point of force acceleration, force deceleration back and forth, and you are having a balance on one foot, there's a lot of athletic components into that. So getting out and walking to develop the time under tension for your ankles, knees, hips, bones, and joints is the best place to start. If you've got a chronic ankle sprain, past ACL injuries, hip dislocations, or any type of hip uh, hip pain in the glutes, hamstring strains, low back pain, if you've had those happen over and over again, that generally is an indication that you're not training in a way that... Um, You're not training in a way that's actually highlighting the weaknesses in your body, right? And obviously, the surgical aspect is tough because that changes your body. But if those things are still bothering you, like you still have hamstring problems or every time you go run, you have an ankle sprain or your knee has your pain ongoing and you don't feel confident when you rotate, generally, that's going to say that there's something you're missing. So this is going to be a great place to start, but you are going to spend a little bit more time on the speed ladders, on the foot speed drills, maybe throwing some stuff a little more frequently, looking at the skipping and the marching drills for coordination and loading. So with that, and especially any type of chronic pain, just start on the very first and second baselines and just be there. I mean, you're going to be alive in a year, two, three, five, ten years. All things go according to plan. So there's no rush, and it takes time for this stuff to kind of set in in your body to adjust to it. Last thing is think about your athletic experience. If you've played sports all your life or grown up and been around that stuff, your body's going to pick it up quicker. If you haven't and you did band growing up, or you're an artist, it's just a different language. It'll take a little bit of time, but you may not get to the point where you feel comfortable doing full speech sprints or death jumps. That's okay. Just include a portion of this to make your training more well-rounded and be patient as you learn it. It is a new skill that is new for your body in the same way that if, I tried to take up violin when I'm, you know, at my age or when you're 40, 50, 60, 70. It's going to take a little bit longer. It doesn't mean it can't happen. So next up, be patient with the process. Changes take time and don't rush it. Be consistent, though. Allow at least six weeks of working at any one stage before you even think about going to the next level. So just give yourself time. Even if it feels easy, your body takes time for the tendons, ligaments, joints and bones and the muscles to make physical changes and to become more elastic, to become more, uh, to become stronger and more resistant to force, right? And it takes even longer for different areas. And so just be patient and enjoy it. Have fun. Be doing the stuff two to three times a week tops, right? And so that's, you know, pick the beginning of workout, take 10 minutes, do some speed drills, take five minutes and throw some stuff, swing some stuff. It doesn't really matter. Just two to three times a week and just get some frequency, but without this kind of, without something that will overload and uh... put too much stress in your body to recover from and the last thing if you're not confident in your ability to do it well to see your form or to do things without being injured find a coach for reference for form for check for feedback guidance um, that can be me There's are resources on my website for that uh, you can reach out find someone and you don't have to have someone to watch you all the time even though that can be great just having someone that you can send a video to say how does this look what does this look like um, i'm struggling with this or when i do this i have pain here Having someone can keep you from pushing through something or give you confidence that you're doing something well, it's just growing pains, or give you the feedback that, hey, you should change and do this stuff differently. So that's the last thing I would say is find someone to help walk with you, all right? So I hope this was beneficial for you. I hope you got some value and and convinced you to do some of this stuff. Again, check the show notes or Instagram, Facebook, YouTube for this stuff for examples of different exercises you can do. Um, reach out with any questions. You can message message me on any of those platforms or shoot me an email. Um, contact, it's on my website, admin at com, And uh, we can talk more about how this stuff applies to you, all right? Um, thanks for listening. Again, please, 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 if you find value in this, subscribe, leave a review. It helps give me feedback and helps get me out in front of all the people in the world who need this stuff. Um, and share it with a friend and find a training buddy to do it with you, all right? So take care. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day and tune in next week and we will continue to discuss how to improve your training. Bye.